1: welcome to the first pitch podcast brought to you by pitcherlist.com your daily morning podcast updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league here's your host chad
2: young hello and welcome to the first pitch podcast i am chad young You can find me on Twitter, at Chad Young. We're going to start today with a scary story from Atlanta where the Astros star Jordan Alvarez left the game early and was taken to a hospital due to shortness of breath. The story broke with Alvarez leaving the game and emergency personnel going into the Houston dugout, leaving fans like us without a clear understanding of what was going on, not that helping us understand is the most important thing in that moment. That led, at least for me, to some tense time as we waited for word on the situation. The last updates, though, sound pretty positive. Alvarez was experiencing shortness of breath, apparently aggravated by smoke from fireworks, and was taken to a local hospital for evaluation. His vitals were good, and Dusty Baker reports that he's feeling normal, but still needed to see the doctor. There are a million reasons someone could feel short of breath, so at this point, we just need to wait and see what the next steps are. It's hard to know how much time Alvarez might miss or anything like that. Hopefully, it's not much, but obviously, his health is priority one right now. Best wishes to Jordan, his family, and the Astros. Hoping to continue we hear good news and see you crushing balls again soon. One off-the-field story that we do need to cover, Marcelo Zuno was arrested for a DUI on Friday. Given his prior legal issues, you have to think both the law and MLB will come down hard on him. He was not in the Atlanta lineup Friday and probably shouldn't be for a good long time. On to the million less important stories of the day, starting with Alvarez's replacement, Mauricio Dubon, who collided with the wall after coming in to replace Alvarez. Dubon wanted to stay in, but was feeling numbness in his arms. X-rays were negative, negative. that leaves him day-to-day for now. Joe Barlow hasn't had to save for the Rangers since June, and now he's headed to the 15-day IL with a blister on his pitching hand. That shouldn't be an extended stay, but he is basically out of fantasy value at this point. The Rays option Luis Patino back to AAA. He was solid Thursday, as we discussed yesterday, but not great, and it's clear he doesn't have a role with the team yet. Ryan Helsley placed on the paternity list, which opens up some saves in St. Louis, likely for Giovanni Gallegos. He wasn't needed Friday as the cards won by four, with Jordan Hicks closing things out, and the paternity list probably means Helsley's only gone another day or two. Devin Marrero was designated for assignment by the Mets. This is interesting only insofar as he was called up before Brett Beatty and a short-lived time with the big club suggests they are sticking with Beatty, at least for now. The Marlins placed Garrett Cooper on the seven-day concussion IL. After a strong start to the year, he's been ice cold in the second half and really dating back to June. He's lost his role in my teams, and this absence should make him easier to move on from. The Marlins also demoted Eliezer Hernandez to AAA after two rough outings Tuesday and Wednesday. Just an awful year for him. The team also announced Friday that Anthony Bender will undergo Tommy John surgery. That obviously ends his 2022. It also immediately puts his entire 2023 in jeopardy. Antonio Sensatella placed in the 15-day IL with a torn ACL, not unexpected after he hurt his knee Thursday. That is a long recovery and very unfortunate for the righty. He was replaced by Julius Chassin, who came back from the IL. Chassin will be in the pen, and with an off-day Monday, the Rockies don't need to replace Sensatella in the rotation until later next week when Chad Cool should be ready to return. The Red Sox option starter Josh Winkowski to the minors, bringing back Matt Strom from the IL. Winkowski had really struggled, and with Rich Hill, Michael Waka, and Nate Uvalde all healthy, plus Nick Pavetta and Carter Crawford holding down rotation spots, he just wasn't needed. Strom got an inning of work, closing out a 15-10 to loss, and struck out a couple in that one. Baltimore was busy Friday. They recalled Richie Martin, Nick Vespi, and Kyle Stowers placing Taryn Vavra on the paternity list, optioning Logan Gillespie to the minors, and designating Brett Phillips for assignment. Stowers is the interesting name here. He's an intriguing bat who got some pub as an outside-the-top-100-but-still-interesting type this season. He has a 131 WRC-plus in AAA with 19 home runs. Friday, he played right field and hit fifth for the O's, going two for five with a run and a K. This is his second call-up, and the last was very short-lived. It'll be interesting to see if he sticks and how he performs, because he does have some upside. Luke Voigt scratched from the lineup Friday due to foot pain. This is not related to the long-standing foot issues he dealt with in the past. It was because he was hit by a pitch on Thursday. George Springer out of the Jays lineup after falling a ball off his knee Thursday. I mentioned yesterday that he's likely to keep missing time on and off, so this shouldn't be a huge surprise. Andrew Vaughn had to leave the Sox-Guardians game Friday after a pitch hit him in the arm and deflected into his face. Vaughn actually didn't come out immediately and said he expects to be fine to play today. The deflection off his arm, I'm sure, took some of the heat off it, but that still looked bad. Meanwhile, Eloy Jimenez came out almost immediately after that happened. He seemed to injure his leg on a big cut at the plate. He'd finally been getting back to form, so hopefully this doesn't lead to a long absence. The Guardians also lost a player in that one as Austin Hedges sprained his right ankle sliding into the dugout, chasing a wild pitch. After the game, it sounded like Hedges was fine, no major issues, but the Guardians did pull catcher Bo Naylor from his AAA game, perhaps preparing him to come up if needed. Naylor is an exciting prospect, but it does not sound like Hedges is likely to need much time away, so a call-up is probably unlikely, at least for now. Tommy Pham had a short night for the Red Sox, leaving in the fifth, he left in the middle of the inning. It's reported it was lower back tightness. Watch for updates on that today. The Reds moved Joey Votto to the 60-day IL. We already knew his season was over, so this just confirms the bad news. They also activated Mike Moustakis from the IL. He was playing first base and hitting fourth Friday in Pittsburgh. was one for four with a run scored. The White Sox activated Elvis Andrews, and option Lennon Sosa, to the minors. Andrews will take over at short while Tim Anderson is out. He was in that spot and hitting 7th on Friday, but went 0-4 with two strikeouts. The Tigers officially reinstated Eduardo Rodriguez from the restricted list, designating Wiley Peralta for assignment, and moving Garrett Hill to the bullpen. Rodriguez is set to return to the Hill on Sunday against the Angels, which is a pretty nice landing spot, despite my next piece of news, which is that, as expected, Mike Trout was back in the L.A. lineup Friday, playing center field, hitting second, just like always, He was 1-for-4 with a couple strikeouts, but it's just good to see him back on the field. Some upcoming activations to look out for. Manuel Margot should be back with the Rays today. Omar Nervaia should be back behind the plate for Milwaukee today. And we should also see the season debut of Dustin May for the Dodgers today. Tomorrow, Pittsburgh is expected to recall Johan Oviedo, while Tommy Hunter should be back with the Mets. Dark Gratterall should rejoin the Dodger pen on Monday. And while he's not yet ready for activation... Clayton Kershaw took a nice step forward, throwing off the mound in the Dodgers pen on Friday. Gotta walk before you can run. On the field, Fran Mill Reyes won for four with a triple for the Cubs. He's been scorching hot since he was picked up after being DFA'd by Cleveland. Reyes did strike out in his other three plate appearances, so it's not like his major issue is completely behind him, but he is definitely worth grabbing if he was let go. Adley Rutschman, 3-for-5 with a double, a home run, three runs, two RBIs in the Orioles' 15-to-10 thumping of the Red Sox. Anthony Santander also doubled in homered in that one, by the way. Rutschman quickly becoming an elite fantasy catcher, and while it previously seemed like the AL Rookie of the Year, was all wrapped up by Julio Rodriguez, Adley needs to be considered and maybe should be getting your vote. Greg Allen of the Pirates stole his fifth and sixth bags of the season as part of a two-for-four night. He also scored a run. Given the Pirates' lack of... uh Uh, players, major league players. He might keep getting time, and if he does, he could be a a good source of cheap speed down the stretch. Dansby Swanson supposedly talking to Atlanta about an extension, and boy, is he making his case. Friday, three for five with two runs and two RBIs, continuing just a stellar season for the shortstop. Elujuris Montero smacked his second and third home runs of the year Friday, going two for four with two runs and five RBIs. Montero struggled since his call-up, but his AAA numbers are excellent. There's real talent in that bat. Plus, he plays at core, so he's always worth a look. And Eugenio Suarez hit a pair as well as 21st and 22nd. He was 2-for-5, also had two runs and 5 RBI. He's been a huge pickup for the Mariners, despite seemingly being a salary dump at the time of the trade. Paul Goldschmidt hit his 30th home run on the year. He was 3-for-4 with a walk as well, scored twice and drove into. He's been absolutely incredible and should be getting a nice pile of MVP votes at the end of the season. His teammate and fellow MVP candidate, Nolan Arenado, had three doubles on Friday. Other home runs around the game, Andrew McCutcheon hit his third in two days and his 14th on the season. Rowdy Telez got his 25th. Hunter Renfro was 22nd. Patrick Wisdom bestowed the Dong knowledge for the 22nd time. Christopher Morrell mashed his 12th. Jorge Mateo hit his 12th. Ryan Mountcastle hit his 17th. Ramon Urias, number 13. Nick Senzel, number four. T.J. Fridell got his first. Pete Alonzo hit his 30th. Teoscar Hernandez his 18th. Jared Walsh hit his 15th, which is fitting because I just cut him in one of my leagues before he did that. Bobby Witt Jr. hit his 16th. Jose Ramirez his 23rd. Austin Riley his 31st. Luis Arise and Jose Miranda's 7th and 13th home runs were back-to-back. Connor Joe got number six. And Alex Call hit the first of his career. Stolen bases. Ben Gamble got his fifth. Starling Marte is 16th. He also stole home doing it. Gene Segura now has 11. Randy Arozarena has doubled that up with 22. Andres Jimenez and Josh Naylor pulled off a double steal. of was number 16 for Jimenez and four for Naylor. Michael Harris stole his 15th. Bubbas Thompson swiped his fifth. Austin Slater his 10th. Kiebert Ruiz stole his sixth. And Justin Turner, not Trey Turner, Justin Turner stole his second. On the mound Friday, Aaron Ashby continues to be kind of maddening. Again, posting a great CSW at 35%. He had a solid 14 whiffs, but got lit up to the tune of six runs on eight hits in five innings. He didn't issue a walk. He did strike out eight. It feels like he's on the edge of being great, but can't quite get there. The Orioles explosion came at the expense of Cutter Crawford to give up nine runs on 11 hits with two strikeouts and no walks over three and two thirds innings. Crawford has an excellent cutter. I guess that's no surprise given the name, but he does need some work to put it all together. Aaron Nola struggled with the Mets giving up 5 runs and 8 hits, though he struck out 9 and walked just 1 over 5 innings pitched. A bit like Ashby as he had a 37% CSW and 16 whiffs, thanks in part to slightly increased velocity. Just didn't work out for him in this one. Chris Bassett, meanwhile, went 6 innings giving up 2 runs and 7 hits, 4 strikeouts and no walks. He did not allow a home run, despite my prediction yesterday that he would give up at least 1 and probably 2. Maybe it's time for me to stop doubting Bassett One guy don't doubt, Kevin Gaussman, was brilliant facing the Yankees. Seven shutout, allowing four hits and a walk, while striking out seven for the win and the quality start. He is basically matchup-proof. An old-fashioned pitcher's duel in Detroit, where Matt Manning took the L despite going seven innings of one-run ball, with six strikeouts, a walk, and three hits versus the Angels. Opposite him, though, Patrick Sandoval threw a Maddox. He went the full nine, shut out the Tigers on 97 pitches, nine strikeouts, no walks, just four hits absolute dominance in that one, 26 whiffs on those 97 pitches plus a 41% CSW. The Tigers are the Tigers, but this kind of performance will play against anyone, even if it won't be quite as dominant. Shane McClanahan was not Sandoval, but seven innings of two-run ball and two hits with three walks and eight strikeouts is still pretty sweet. Brady Singer has been strong lately and continued that Friday going six innings, allowing two runs and five hits with seven strikeouts, although the four walks are a concern. He gets Arizona next, though, and that is a worthwhile stream. Sandoval's 26 whiffs were impressive, and Tristan McKenzie nearly matched him. 25 whiffs of 44% CSW as he was just nasty. He had a rough start and gave up two runs before getting his second out, but then got 20 outs without a problem. Seven innings, two runs, six hits, zero walks, and 14 strikeouts. The Guardians need him to basically be an ace, and he is doing it. Lance Lynn had a shot at a win in that one, going five and two thirds and giving up one run on five hits, six Ks and a walk, but the bullpen couldn't hold his lead. He still has a 5.30 ERA on the year, but that is misleading and he's been better lately. If you can use that high ERA to buy low, you should. Kyle Wright very strong against a tough Houston team, giving up just two over six. He got the W because Lance McCullers wasn't quite as good. McCullers walked three, allowed seven hits with three runs scoring. McCullers also struck out six. This was a tough matchup, but he'll need better against Baltimore next week. A big test for Jesus Lizardo facing the Dodgers, and I would say he passed. Six and a third, one run, four hits, two walks, seven Ks. No win as Tyler Anderson was against him and was brilliant as he has been all year. Marlins' pen could not finish the job. Still very encouraging night for Lizardo. Out of the bullpens, Brandon Hughes gave up one hit in the ninth, but got his second save for the Cubs. He seems to be stepping into that role. Felix Bautista closed out the Orioles win, but it was up five, so no save. Scott Barlow got a W for the Royals as he took the final two innings, holding a tie in the ninth and keeping the Rays off the board after Casey scored in the tenth. Emmanuel Classe got his 28th save, striking out two and allowing a hit. Jorge Lopez got his 22nd, but walked two in the process, striking out one. I really worry he might be on the verge of something not great. Speaking of something not great, Josh Hader, another blown game. Gave up two hits and a walk, allowed three runs to score without recording it out, and I'm just at a loss for words. I traded him basically as a salary dump in one league on Friday, and I feel pretty good about that. Kyle Finnegan got his seventh save thanks to Hayter, striking out two in the process. Daniel Bard closed out his 25th save with three strikeouts and a walk in the ninth. And finally, Evan Phillips got his second save for the Dodgers. Dave Roberts said he didn't want to use Kimbrell tonight. Kimbrell had gone three of the last five, and that's why it was Phillips. But don't be surprised if he snakes some more saves. He should be the top leverage guy for this team. And that might mean sometimes he gets the ninth. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about Saturday. Welcome back. First, the weather with our friend Mark Paquette. Thank you very much. Well, looking at today, we're going to see some rain around Wrigley Field as they host the Brewers in a National League Central matchup. Um, Much like Minnesota yesterday, this could be rather wet at times.
1: I wouldn't be shocked at a postponement here, but hopefully there's enough dry weather that they're able to squeeze this game in. But there's a risk that they won't be able to. Have a
2: good one, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for streamers on Saturday, Tyler Alexander's been good at times, and the Angels can't do anything right. Another Tyler, Tyler Beatty is an interesting option. He is pitching in Pittsburgh against the Reds. Gotta like that matchup for him. As for, I'm looking for my hitters to put up big numbers. The Giants should have fun in Coors with Ryan Feltner on the mound, and the Padres should have some home run in them with Josiah Gray hurling for the Nats. In terms of what I'm watching, my focus is going to be on Cueto versus Bieber. That's true both as a Guardians fan and as someone who wants to see if Bieber's velocity is still up. Remember, it was back up to 94 in his last start. If it stays there, that is a game changer. With that, I think we've covered it all. Thanks for listening. Have a good day, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.
1: This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at PitcherList and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.